Hi, I'm Alec Rich, and you're listening to the Hatchets Weekly Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. On Friday night, the results of this year's student association election were announced, which resulted in the victories of new president Howard Brookins and executive vice president Brandon Hill. My colleague Sarah Sachs and I will be speaking to both of them today, but first up is Howard, who bested five other candidates and defeated runner-up George Glass by just 14 votes in the new ranked choice voting system. Howard, first off, congratulations, and how are you feeling about your victory today? Thank you. Um, I'm feeling, you know, kind of great about my victory. Um, I'm glad that I won, and I really want to extend a thank you to all the other candidates you ran. It really kind of pushed me to be the best candidate that I could be. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that um, you're the first black president elected in uh, nearly a decade, you know, what does that mean to you and what do you think is the significance of that for GW as a whole? I think that means a lot. Um, I think that it's great seeing not just me as the first black president in GW uh, in at least a decade, but then you have uh, Brandon Hill, who is also an African-American executive vice president. So you have an all-black uh, leadership team this year. And I think it's kind of saying something when you have back-to-back um historical executive leadership teams, whereas this current um, essay session you have, SJ and Amy, two women leading the helm. This year, we're gonna have two black men leading the helm. So I, I think it's great, and GW's moving in the right direction. I want to start first with the issue of divestment, which is, not, I know, something that you've been very vocal about. Yeah, and on Friday, in one of the referendums that passed with 85% of the voting student body, um, was that to push the university to divest from fossil fuels. So, you know, now that you have that momentum, um, where do you think you can go from here? I think we can definitely continue to, the push for divestment. Um, I think it's very clear that people on camp campus want this to happen. And I think with 85% of the population voting for it, it's kind of hard to ignore. And I think another thing uh, that should be noted that came out of the referendums was that students voted to have a student board of trustee member, which is one thing that I think will help with trying to get the university to divest um, from fossil fuels and reinvest into renewable energy. So I think with that position, we can do a lot. Absolutely. And that, and that passed with about 94% of the voting student body. also wanted to talk about your um, proposals, which you know, kind of would address uh, the Office of Student Financial Aid. Um, you had said you would create an, this advisory council, which administrators had initially said they would do, but have been slow to create. You know, how important is it to you to you know achieve that and make good, good on other proposals of yours in that area, like cutting late fees and eliminating holds on balances that are less than a thousand dollars? Yeah, I think it's unacceptable that our financial aid system is as terrible as it is and unresponsive as it is when GW is one of the most expensive uh, universities in the nation, um, where students kind of really rely upon financial aid to get them through classes, especially, you know, lower income students where they may be extremely reliant on that scholarship or loan to process. And with, you know, unre the unresponsiveness of the financial aid office is causing them anxiety and a lot of unnecessary stress. Uh, one of the things that I want to do is kind of create my own financial aid advisory council. Um, that would be not within the financial aid office because they have neglected to do so themselves. Um, I wanted to get a diverse group of students together, whether that be an international student that pays full price 
uh, first-generation students that, that's on full scholarship, or kind of somebody in the middle who gets loans and scholarships. Um, we create a diverse panel of uh, people to really kind of call out the problems that they see within the financial aid office for all students, not just the select few. You had also mentioned as you're campaigning that, you know, black students at GW often feel alienated, especially in light of President LeBlanc's comments with regards to divestment, which was a major issue on campus. You know, how will you go, how do you think you can go about mending, you know, that relationship on campus and addressing future instances of racism and, and or anti-Semitism? Uh, that's been something that's been near and dear to my heart um, for a while now. Uh, I've written the legislation to pass the Code of Conduct Reform Act. I've since then had several conversations with Christy Anthony um, and Dr. Jordan West to discuss how these bias incident teams uh, can operate and how our current you know, bias system works and how we can kind of reform the language to reflect uh, some of the instances we see on campus that are more egregious uh, than some type of conduct unbecoming clause, but less egregious than, say, something else we're putting out. Um, so we're trying to find that middle ground in order to appease you know, professors and preserve academic integrity, but also make sure that unwelcome comments who are targeted and really kind of make students feel uncomfortable to be on campus uh, repeatedly over and over again. Um, it's just not accepted at this university. And I think some of that comes with changing the culture here at the university, whereas some people may feel that uh, racist comments or anti-Semitism is part of their day-to-day -day life and may not report uh, some minor instances, but only kind of when a major instance comes up, um, they're kind of uh, flailing in their arms. And I think we just need to recognize that some of these minor instances may not just be minor. They may have a major impact on that person's day-to-day -day life. Also, as, as we mentioned at the beginning, um, George Glass, who, who was the runner-up in this election, um, was defeated by 14 votes from this ranked choice voting system. He, of course, ran on a platform of creating more of a sense of community at uh, GW and, you know, having more school spirit, which is something that, you know, was supported by a lot of voters, you know, how do you think that's something that you can address in your presidency as well? I feel that school spirit is also an issue on campus. It's been an issue ever since I've came to come to this university. Um, and I think the point that George made throughout his campaign was a lot of people are distracted by a lot of the issues that we have structurally with our university. And we're not very trustworthy with administration and other faculty at this university, which in turn distracts us from the school spirit part, the, the fun part of the basketball games or the volleyball games or the soccer games on the burn. Um, it, it really kind of distracts us from enjoying the goodness and what is supposed to be the fun of college um, with all of these very real issues that we're facing on campus. So I feel like if I'm able to you know, ease that burden of the financial aid office where it kind of helps students um, usher in divestment um, and reform to the code of conduct. I think that some of those things will definitely ease the pain and make students more um, happy and in turn raise their spirits so they're more proud to go to GW. Now that you're officially president, you know, what do you think, which of these issues do you think is going to be your top priority or do you think that you're going to, you know, kind of, you know, lay them out as they are and, you know, address them piece by piece? I think 
making the Code of Conduct Reform Act as my primary goal when I kind of first step in and really kind of complete that project, I feel would be my first goal as president. It's something that I've been working on already as a senator. It's something that I have been in talks with, with um, administrators about and other students uh, to see what they would like in the Code of Conduct and what could be possible. So I think it would be the most efficient for me to finish that project up first. Fast forward to you know a year from now, you know, what do you hope to see at GW and what do you hope to have accomplished um, during your term? A year from now, I hope everything that I've said is accomplished. Um, I hope that GW divests. I hope that we have a student trustee. I hope that code of conduct is reformed. I hope that we don't have any more acts of racism or anti-Semitism on this campus. That's what I would hope. Um, and those are some huge hopes, I'd say. Um, but I think we're definitely capable of it, and I'm very confident in GW. And I want to get as much done as I possibly can um, to help all GW students. Um, so really just kind of looking at tasks, prioritizing them, um, talking with Brandon to make sure that we can both um, be a super efficient leadership team and get a lot of what the people at GW want done uh, within the Student Association. Howard, thank you again, and congrats. All right, thank you. Hi, I'm Sarah Sachs, and you're listening to Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm here with newly elected Executive Vice President Brandon Hill. Brandon, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. How are you feeling after the success? I'm still kind of in shock. Um, I was on the live stream when they announced the results, and I think that there's always this thing in the back of your head that says, oh my God, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. And I had already like made plans to post like a concession post and asked presidential candidates if I could be on their cabinet. And then when I won, I guess it was kind of like a sigh of relief. Um, I was, I'm really grateful to the GW students who voted and the magnitude in which they voted in. I'm not sure if it's true, but a member of my staff told me that no there hasn't been an elected official in the essay who's won by that large of a margin in over a decade, which is absolutely insane to me. So I'm really thankful and humbled for the experience. All right. So when you first launched your campaign in February, you said you were driven by anger and sadness to make the university a better place. How has that drive changed over the course of the campaign? I think that I've been able to realize that I'm not the only one who's experiencing these intense emotions. I think that, if anything, my ex- my experiences talking with students and seeing what good the student body and the student association can do has really enhanced my love-hate relationship with the university. Um, and I hope to put, add more faces to the causes and be able to channel more of what the students are feeling into positive change in the university as EVP. So when you do take office, um, what is the first thing that you plan to work on? I'm really excited about the opportunity to create, I don't know if I can say kick-ass, but a kick-ass staff um, to help me run the Senate meetings and create impactful policy. Um, I'm also excited to make this little pivot 
towards um, focusing on the divestment referenda because it was one of the main time sensitive things that was on the ballot. So being able to say, hey, the, to talk to the Board of Trustees now in the EVP role that I have in order to say, this is how the students are feeling, how are you feeling, and how can we get this vote to happen? And how can we allow the student voices to be more heard on the level that you're on? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was obviously a very important platform of yours. Um, another one of your platforms was expanding the mental health resources. And this has become more important during this time, everybody's self-isolating. So what do you think can be done in the short term to help students who are struggling right now? I think that as we enter the summer, um, it becomes a lot harder um, to make sure that students are being provided with the necessary uh, means that they have. I think that in the f- we have to make sure that students are um, be are allowed to get on the right foot when we enter school in the fall, whether that be a delayed start, whether that be online, whether that be whatever means necessary. So making sure that students students aren't clouded with financial stress and stress of um, whether or not they have shelter and so that they're still able to succeed academically when we when we have school in the fall regardless of what's happening in the summer making sure that the resources are continued to be publicized and making sure that i and howard and other members of the essay are still able to serve as a resource um, to all students Mm -hmm. and like going off of that do you think that the coronavirus um, will impact your time as vice president and like changing any of your platforms or maybe adding new platforms? I think that there are definitely things that are now being brought to light um, because of the coronavirus, um, whether that be gaps in our mental health system or gaps in our emergency preparedness. Um, I do think, I do believe that the platform points that are on there are valid. Um, and I still hope to work um, with um, the elected f- officials to get those implemented, even if they are not ex- are they not felt by the student body until they return them to campus. That's things like um, student org office spaces and like things like renaming the Marvin Center and things like that. And so coronavirus is also it's going to prevent the essay from being together in person until the fall semester. How do you like hope to keep the momentum going on all of your plans through this time? You historically, from my view, the momentum usually dies off about on this point for all of the student association um, plans. They continue to work over the summer, but it's not as broadly publicized and it's not as broadly um, understood until students come back to experience that in the fall. Um, I do think that um, it is our role to keep students informed as as much as possible um, and being able to utilize the resources that we have available, like the newsletter, um, the hatchet if need be, in order to publicize what's been going on and how the students can help provide in that environment. Also, what are you looking forward to um, in working with the newly elected essay president, Howard Brookins? Is there anything specifically you've come up with yet? I'm looking to make major change. I think that having two African-American men serve in the two in the highest positions in this of the student body is historical. Um, I think that it's something we haven't had in a very long time. And I'm ready to 
work to make diversity and inclusion a forefront. Um, I think I've worked closely with Howard in the past as we're both um, the chairs of the Black Sitters Caucus. So being able to have an environment with somebody who I have such good give, good give and take with and being able to speak honestly and truthfully about our goals is something that I am really excited about. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's all for this week. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Al Gritch. This podcast is produced by Gwen Wheeler. Music is produced by Alt Studio. A special thanks to Sarah Sachs, Brandon Hill, and Howard Brookins for joining us.